This week's reading is from uh, Olaf Anderson, and the book is called Living Water, with the subtitle of uh, Victor Schauberger and the Secrets of Natural Energy. So you might be thinking natural energy, you know, doesn't sound very legit, um, but I thought this, he had a lot of good things to say. This book was shown to me by a coworker, uh, and I admit I haven't read all of it, uh, or read it all the way through, but from the chapters and introduction I've read of who uh, Schauberger is or was, um, and some of the interesting points he has, um, I thought it would be good to share with all of you. So Alex Anderson does a really good job um, at the beginning of the book outlining who um, Olaf, or sorry, outlining who Victor Schauberger is and his life. And uh, so I'll read a little bit about him to give some context because I'm not sure if too many of you know about him. And I mean, he's relatively new to me and I haven't heard um, too many re- too many people reference him. So maybe that's just because people think he's crazy. Anyways, I'm going to read the first paragraph of the introduction or first or second paragraph of the introduction. Just give you a little bit of context to who he is. Victor Schauberger was not a learned man in the conventional scientific sense. He had, however, seen right into the depths of the workings of nature, and his theories are based on his own understanding of nature's life and functions. He was, of course, an outsider, an individualist, but history teaches us that even within natural science, such people have frequently produced epoch-making discoveries, while in their own lifetimes being considered ignorant laymen by the learned world. Seldom achieving recognition themselves, following generations have often had cause to bless their work. It is possible that Victor Schauberger will one day be included in this category of scientists. So with that introduction, I'll start reading. And just so you're aware, uh, whatever I'm reading, whenever I'm reading Alexanderson's words, I'll just preface it with Alexanderson. And then whenever I'm reading Schauberger's words, um, if Alexanderson doesn't preface or introduce the sentence with Schauberger, then I'll be sure to clarify of who's speaking. Uh, And if you're new, I'll leave about 10 seconds afterwards for your own reflection before I jump back into my personal anecdote uh, or analysis. So with that being said, I'm going to start the paragraph. I should also mention that this is the first episode where I'm actually recording recording and or reading from a actual book and not my e-reader so fishing around for these quotes and uh and not being able to make highlights because it's a friend's book uh took a little bit of time longer than usual anyways so here is the sentence and uh, we're starting off with alex anderson victor schauberger saw the forest as the prerequisite for healthy water for the sound buildup of nutrition and for maintaining a sound human culture. The definition of the term forest was for Schauberger totally different from that used by modern commercial forestry. Schauberger's forest is a naturally mixed forest with many species coexisting in ecological harmony. He wrote in 1930, and now we're on to Schauberger, a healthy forest untouched by forestry technology is made up of a strange mixture of vegetation. Alongside well-defined areas of noble trees, 
conditions of apparent chaos can be found, which can best be, be described as irregular confusion. People who are not aware of the importance of the balance in nature, of which the forest is a part, want to clear areas of everything they do not consider to be useful. A great deal of sensitive concern and observation is necessary to begin to understand why nature depends on an apparently chaotic disorder. And back to Alexanderson. Modern forestry is completely unrelated to forest's natural life, but instead upsets the whole balance of growth and creates chaos. And I'm just going to skip to the next page. Continuing with Alexanderson. The disturbance of the forest's natural balance has also far-reaching consequences as the whole nutritional supply for the surrounding landscape is seriously damaged. And back to Schauberger. As a result of the wholesale clearance of forest areas and the dying out of certain types of wood, the soil starts to lose nutrients. The sun's rays are now able to reach the soil surface, causing it to warm up. This means that the groundwater containing the essential nutrients is prevented from rising and the vital salts are deposited below the root level of the sapling. The roots can no longer reach the nutritive layer deep in the soil. Soon the vegetation will diminish, and the decline to desert waste begins. Alright. So the first thing that stood out to me was in his first paragraph where he finishes the sentence or finishes the, the paragraph with the sentence, a great deal of sensitive concern and observation is necessary to begin to understand why nature depends on an apparently chaotic disorder. And I really enjoyed that because there, there does seem to be an intentional purpose and, and um, form in what we observe as being chaos. I can't help but think of mycelium networks that form along the forest floor. Um, they appear to be random and obscure, but they are actually the network in which the forests are able to send signals to other parts. Uh, if there's a disease that's moving through the forests, the trees will send signals to one another in order to alert them that there's something coming their way and that they need to put up their defenses um, and this whole network and system seems chaotic and wouldn't isn't generally easily observable or not in an order that our human minds are or that we typically enjoy looking for or that we are able to easily observe and although we may perceive nature as chaotic and random i would agree with schauberger that when he says nature depends on an apparently chaotic disorder, it couldn't be more true. Uh, we see that always, a lot of times in old forests, right? We see debris and wood and trees and plant and organic matter just scattered at random uh, all over, but often it's those that chaos that is continuing to deposit nutrients back into the soil and provide the trees, the, the older trees, mature trees, with the nutrients and um, health that they may need from the ground and from their surrounding environment. The second paragraph I read, I, I thought also was really accurate 
Um, and I never really thought of it before when he's talking about how this, the large trees bring up the nutrients from the soil in order to um, give the new saplings uh, access to that nutritious layer. Uh, you see all the time with the tree planting initiatives, whether that's Tentry or Ecosia uh, or oh, the Eden Project, those are just a few, uh, that they're planting trees in often arid desert or like just desolate locations uh, that will hopefully begin with initiating that drawing up and returning nutrients to the, the ground soil in order to in order for the local people to have value in where they live again because without that without that without having the soil and the nutrients there's no way for them to produce food not even like gardens right and a lot of these areas that are going having just a garden that produces food is just such a gift right like that would just so abundantly provide for a small family or even large families in a way that they potentially never had access to and by drawing up the nutrients they're able to not only have the possibility to grow new plants and vegetation and food but provide for themselves along with their their the people around them a local economy uh, they'll be able to sell what they make if they have too much of it or they'll be able to trade with one another and this is just like a really good base for development and so you can see from like the growing of these trees it really starts with the roots bringing up the nutrients and people embracing that nutrients and taking that gift that the nutrients brings to their food and it br literally brings life and not only the nutrients from the soil that the large trees are bringing up not only bring life to themselves and other vegetation but to the people to humans around them and so if we're getting rid of forests or removing large swaths of vegetation then that whole system is no longer there it's no longer present and what we observe is just being chaos uh in the forest and the the plant systems is actually a very intricate part in bringing about human well-being uh, he, uh, uh, Schauberger has a lot more to say on this, and I think I'll continue reading, well, I'm going to be doing this week, and then I'll probably do another entire week, not immediately after, on his chapter, uh, there's another chapter that stood out to me, but the, bi the biological techniques in agriculture. He has a lot of interesting things to say there. So, this chapter was The Life and Death of a Forest, and um, I just read two paragraphs from that part and I think I might read further because at the end of the chapter there's a nice succinct there are five steps or not five steps five points that Victor Schauberger outlined um, summarizing sort of the forest and how we should observe it thanks for listening and I hope you can relate to some of the points I made uh, or if you disagree let me know if you enjoyed this show, it would help if you left a positive review wherever you listen. Also, I would love to hear if you disagree or if you agree or if you've heard of uh, Victor Schauberger in any form before. Uh, just download the Anchor app and search Ecology and Existentialism and then send me a voice message. And I can read it on the show or I can just keep it private and respond 
um, in that manner. So lastly, the music you hear is Sun Soaked from Beach Towels, and I'm looking to get new music. If you have any suggestions, again, let me know. Open to all sorts of suggestions. The listener base is continually growing little bit by little bit, and I really appreciate those of you who keep coming back to listen to more. Uh, Have a splendid day. Peace.